RC Talk, the voice of Ratio Christie at Marshall University. My name is John Mays. I'm your host. I'm also the Virginia and Pennsylvania, along with being the chapter director at Marshall University. Let me read you a quick verse as opposed to a slow verse out of 1 Corinthians. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Yes, if Christianity is not true, then we are wasting our time. It's in the book. I just read it to you. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then Christianity is false. I firmly believe, based on circumstantial evidence of a cumulative case, that Christianity is true. And today I want to share with you a way to have the conversation about the resurrection. Why? Well, I want to go about it a different way than most people do. I'm not just going to tell you that Jesus uh, was raised from the dead and on the third day he appeared and all of the stuff that most people do or that you might actually hear in church this week. I want to approach it in a different manner, uh, first of all, by talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? And, well, if you don't know what the gospel is, we may need to start somewhere else, but I'm going to assume that we do know what the gospel is, although based on what I'm getting ready to tell you, I don't think a lot of people do, and that's sad. But prayerfully, what I'm going to share with you will help. Uh, That's always my intention is to help you be able to go out and explain why you believe what you believe. That is a command. Obviously, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to, if someone is is to ask, to have an answer for the hope we have. Uh, The first and greatest commandment tells us to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. It's not just a heart thing. In fact, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament the heart is deceitful. So not to trust it. Anyway, kind of getting off track there. I had a pastor ask me once upon a time what the gospel was, and I told him what the Bible says it is. Um, I'm not sure that he agreed because he told me that the gospel was regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Okay. That's good and dandy, but most people haven't even heard of those terms. Um, You know, I didn't take a poll or anything, but I know living in the area in southern West Virginia that the majority of people don't know what those terms even mean. And that's okay. You don't need to. Um, Point being, what he gave me was the order of salvation. And I don't agree that that's the gospel Maybe it is, in your opinion. Uh, I I don't know. That's up to you. 
However, on the other hand, I've asked a lot of mature Christians, what is the gospel? And typically, the response is either, I don't know, or it's the good news, or something to that effect. And I don't understand that. I mean, this week of all weeks, we need to know, and if you haven't, if you're a mature Christian, if you're a new Christian, if you're fall in between, it doesn't matter. This week, and especially Sunday, Easter is not about the bunny, it's not about eggs, it's not about getting a new outfit or going to church one of the two times a year that you go to church. This week is about the resurrection. And the point being, it's not really about salvation other than the fact that if the resurrection did not happen, and I just read the scripture to you, then Christianity is false. It's not true, in other words. And no other religion can do that. No other religion has actual evidence to support the truthfulness of their beliefs, except Christianity. And this is why I talk about apologetics so much, and I'm still dumbfounded at why people don't understand why apologetics are so vital in your Christian walk. It strengthens your faith, it helps you reach the lost, and we can change culture. But anyway, so here's my answer to what the pastor had asked me about the gospel. I went to the book. You know, what a concept. According to 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 1, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Well, he's talking about when you when you uh, are saved, you have to believe the man rose from the dead, Jesus, a historical figure that lived and breathed just like every other individual. He was both God and man at the same time, but yet he raised from the dead. And you have to believe that a man raised from the dead. And that may sound kind of outrageous to a lot of people. Here again is why this is so important, and I hope what I'm going to give you helps you, helps you to have the conversation. Let me continue in verse 3. Paul saying, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus died, he was buried, and he was raised. That simple. Uh, I don't know why we want to make it so complicated. Now, as far as salvation goes, salvation is a free gift given to us by God through faith, meaning we must believe that this man was raised from the dead. So why do you believe it? If you don't know, then there could be a problem. I mean, think about it. You're going out and sharing this with other people. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to share the gospel. And we're trying to convince somebody 
which the Holy Spirit has to move. So take that as a standard as far as my pod, as far as my podcasts and blogs both go. The Holy Spirit must move first. However, comma <laughs> we must share that a man raised from the dead, and if you don't know why you believe such an outlandish claim, then they're probably going to look at you and be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, preferably, I'm going to help you. I, I don't want you to look, people to be looking at you like, well, you're crazy, you know, a man raised from the dead. Well, I'm going to give you the common objections that they're going to give you. Seriously, when you tell somebody that, I want you to be able to have the conversation. And at the end, I'm going to give you at least five facts that support our claim that a man raised from the dead. Okay? So bear with me. Um, I want to help you. I want to. I want you to be able to have the conversation. And I want you to be, feel confident about it. I mean, if by chance you have the opportunity to share the gospel, and I'm not talking about inviting somebody somebody to church this weekend, uh, share with them the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection. But I want to help you to be prepared when somebody, when you tell them that, that you don't look silly. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to put it. All right, so... Starting with the, and I want to make sure that you understand this as well, that Christianity lives and dies on this historical event that took place this weekend over 2,000 years ago. If you need to print this out, because I will do a blog, you can. it'll be written on Thursday. Uh, print it out. Take it with you. But there's two things I want you to remember also. If it didn't happen... As I stated, we're wasting our time. Even though I'm giving you common objections and facts, a lot of people is not going to accept that. It's the only choice, you know. <laughs> but remember this. Ask them for a better option than what I'm about to give you. Ask them what they think happened. They don't have a better option, I promise. This is factual history. So, anyway, back to the objections. Number one, the story became embellished, meaning, basically, the story became a legend. I find this to be one of the weakest uh, objections because it doesn't address any of the facts. Legends take time, and there has not been enough time, or there wasn't enough time, for the event of a legend to be established. I mean, I can go into more detail and tell you about 1 Corinthians 15.3 that we can trace that all the way back to the cross. So there was not enough time. If somebody says, well, you know, that's just legend. Well, now you know. If you're going to face that, you know the answer. There wasn't enough time. The body was stolen. <laughs> Possibly the Romans, Jews, the gardener, one of the, one of the disciples, I don't know. But none of these people had a, for, a purpose for stealing the body. The Romans would have been killed. I mean, you know, 
The Jews had no reason. The gardener wouldn't have been able to. And the disciples, what would they have gotten out of it? I mean, you're, you're talking about people that were cowards and that were scared when Jesus was arrested, but they went and overpowered the guards and stole the body. Yeah, that's pretty basic, but seriously, that doesn't even make sense if you think about it. And you may think these are simplistic, but these are some of the things that literally hold people back from accepting Christianity. You know, the, the body was stolen. Okay, well, it was a legend. Mm, not really. Here's another one. Uh, Jesus did not die on the cross. Blows my mind. I mean, not only was he beaten, but he was nailed to a tree and he was stabbed. And he survived that. So I'm not sure how they can get by that with that one, but my answer is that's just an excuse because that doesn't even make sense. Uh, the women went to the wrong tomb. If you've read the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know that the Gospels differ to an extent. That does not take discredit the Gospels. In fact, that strengthens them. If you've ever seen an accident and you were a witness to that accident, obviously if you've seen it, you were a witness. But if the police come and interview you and two or three other people, you're all going to tell different stories. I mean, common sense. It's not like the telephone game. It's like a real-life situation. That strengthens the case for the resurrection actually taking place. Uh, and the women going to the wrong tomb, there, it, there was no secret in where the tomb was, even in the dark, uh, some people would say. Uh, the tomb's location was known. The bigger problem is the women. I mean, why would we claim that women went, especially during the first century? I mean, they were not considered a reliable source of information. The eyewitness testimony of women is embarrassing. So why would we put that in their book? It wouldn't have been included. I mean, that's just, again, a lot of these are excuses uh the twin brother theory okay <laughs> i'm serious and, and this is one of the most popular objections uh, jesus went 30 to 33 years and had a twin and nobody knew this one is making a comeback for some reason in today's world the disciples experienced hallucinations first of all Group sightings and hallucinations are not the same thing. I've had this conversation I don't know how many times. And this doesn't account for any of the other facts. You can go as far as to grant, okay, they had hallucinations. How do you explain the other facts I'm going to give you shortly? So it's not sidestepping, as I've been accused of. Hallucinations are typically happen with individuals, first of all, that have some type of mental problem. They are not a group thing. You don't wake your wife up in the middle of a dream or your husband and say, hey, I'm having this great dream. Join me and then go back to sleep. That's similar to what a, an hallucination is. It's not happening. And speaking to psychiatrists and psychologists, it's not possible. Number seven, the reports are contradictory 
contradictory. I kind of touched on that. Uh, the gospel's differing accounts. It strengthens our evidence. Uh, differing accounts support the facts. Science, of course, number eight, science, miracles do not happen according to science. Okay, can you explain that sentence? Or, uh, what do you call that? That sentence is basically self-defeating. Science uh, cannot explain that miracles happen. Okay, so can science explain that sentence that you just stated? Do you see where I'm going? They're claiming that science can't explain miracles, and that's fine. It, it can't. Science doesn't deal in supernatural. But science can explain a lot of things. So ask them, can science explain the sentence you just, you just claimed, that, that objection that you just claimed? Of course not. Um, number nine, just a spirit, not a body. Seriously, again, if someone argues for a spirit instead of an actual body, the burden of proof is on them. And it would appear to, to self-defeat their own position. Think about it, similar to what I said about miracles. Self-defeating statements and logical fallacies, as, as I have written and did podcasts on previously, you can look at, that they, they don't carry any weight. So, number 10, and of course, a combination of theories they want to pick and choose, they being those who are skeptical, who don't accept that a man rose from the dead or was raised from the dead, uh, they want to pick and choose. I mean, you can give them quite a few of these and still say, okay, ultimately, do you have a better theory? Do you have a better explanation of what happened? They don't. I promise you. So, let me give you the five facts uh, that the resurrection did happen. These are accepted by over 90% of scholars. And they're both liberal and Christian. I mean, it's not just random people that we've picked out. But number one is that Jesus died by crucifixion. Number two, early written testimony. 1 Corinthians 3, 15.3 is a creed where Paul goes in and describes that he uh, talked to numerous people over 500 people witnessed the event or witnessed jesus that is number three it's early and can be dated back to i don't think it's number three number two it's early and it can be dated back to the cross if you have questions about that one as well email me i will give you the details number three james his brother jesus's brother converted um what if your brother or sister walked in and said, mm, I'm God? Exactly. But James saw him. He converted. Paul, number four, was killing Christians, and he converted. And number five, the tomb was and is empty. It's empty. No other professed God out there that people claim to love and follow can make that claim. Christianity is either true or false. 
and based on the evidence, Christianity is true. Anyway, for those that are local, um, local meaning I live in southern West Virginia, I'll be speaking in Huntington at Regeneration Church beginning on April 23rd. It's a six-week series. It starts at 6.30 in the evening, and it covers this topic plus at least five others. Questions or comments, please email me at johnmays at ratiochristi.org. Or if you'd like to be a part of our financial support team, I would really appreciate that. If you feel led, you can go to johnmays.ratiochristi.org and click on Donate. And until next time, you've probably been thunderstruck. You bitch!